My name is Minna Riihimäki. I'm a skier, a climber, a mountain biker, a paraglide pilot, a dental surgeon, a mom, and a Norona ambassador. Welcome to Nurona Podcast. My name is Aive Neitzlot. In Nurona Podcast, we want to inspire you and facilitate great adventures in nature by meeting exciting people and telling fascinating stories. In this episode, we will meet Minna Rihimaki from Finland, a mom, a dental surgeon, a skier, a climber, a mountain biker, a paraglide pilot, and a general outdoor enthusiast living in Chamonix in France. She was the first woman to ski the Frendo Spur in Chamonix. She has a first ski descent in the Dolomites in Italy. And she has been competing in the European Cups in downhill biking. We have set up a small podcast studio in the famous mountain village to ask her some essential questions. Like what to do and not to do when you're in Chamonix. Hi, Mina. Hello. Welcome to our temporary Chamonix studio. Thank you very much for having me. You look great. Do you come straight out of the mountains or something? No, I'm straight out of work. Straight out of office? Yes, straight out of the office in Geneva, where it's way warmer than in Chamonix. Okay. Because you work as a dental surgeon? Yes, that's right. And what does a dental surgeon do? Um, well, I do all kind of um, dental work, but yeah. my main practice is surgery, because that's what I... That's what I prefer, that's what I like the most. But I also do general practice, DKs, cavities, and uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, things without treating treating with pain and uh, making uh, people uh, look nice when they smile. (laughs) (laughs) People look even more happy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a good thing. We have to get to know you a little bit better. So you must tell us, how did you end up here? in this beautiful village of Chamonix. In Chamonix. Um, Yeah, when I got out of the um, regular school in Finland, when I was uh, between 18 and 20, I had this obsession of um, studying in French. Okay. And a second obsession were were the mountains. Okay. I'm very... Two obsessions. Two obsessions. But I was in Finland, so uh, I was uh, far from France and far from the mountains. Yeah. Um, but I found a way to realize, to make my uh, passions and obsessions come true. And um, I took up the French, the map of France, yeah. and I was searching for medical universities close to the Alps. Ah, you did. And I picked uh, Grenoble as a, <laughs> as a city. Good choice. Yeah, it, it seemed to me to be the yeah the best, uh, the closest one to good uh, skiing and uh, bigger mountains yeah. and nice resorts. And I signed myself into the Grenoble Medical University. And in France, the system goes in a way that you need to you study the first year. Anyone can get in mm-hmm. with uh, good papers from the regular school, get, can get into the new university, and then the selection happens at the end of the first year. Okay. And that's and, uh, the hard part. And that's the hard part, yeah. We were about 1,000 trying okay. to get in for 80. 80 eight, study 80, places. Yeah, 80 study places. Uh, so um, That's a hard one. But I, I also had to learn French. 
yeah. at the same time. So of course I didn't get in on my first try. And on my second attempt, I was the second one to not to get in. <laughs> so big, big, big deception. Okay. Um, but as um, as I had to learn French, uh, so I could make a special application to try a third time, because normally you can only try twice okay. in France. Um, and my application was accepted. Oh, so the third time was the, the right one. <laughs> and I got in. What is it about Chamonix that's so intimidating? What, what is it with this place? I think it's the proximity of the big mountains mm -hmm. and uh, the steepness of uh, the surroundings and uh, the valley and also the, also the people here. Yeah. I like, the, I like the, the fact that Chamonix is like a melting pot. People, people come from all over the world uh, with different occupations, uh, yeah. different cultures, different experiences, and uh, no one is normal here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's only unnormal people here. Yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and are you one of them? I think so. <laughs> think so. Well, I think I'm very normal, but <laughs> I'm very normal in my environment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, can you remember your first visit to this village? Um, yeah, actually I do. I was um, 15 mm -hmm. and uh, we were dry. Well, so I lived, um, I lived in Somalia for a few years when I was a teenager. My mom was a doctor and she was working there. And on our way back, just before the civil war in Somalia, we actually drove through the central Europe mm -hmm. with a car and we drove through the Chamonix Valley. Uh, and I remember looking uh, looking up high, and I hadn't seen snow for two for more than two years. So uh, of course, arriving to the Alps and driving through such a place and scenery, uh, I think I was just mesmerized by the <laughs> by the heights and the and the snowy peaks. It was the late spring, beginning of summer, so it was still quite snowy. Yeah, made a great impact. On you. Yes. And now you have your own house here. Yep. And you have lived there for how many years? Um, so I came to France in 94. Yeah. So it's been a while. And I started to live more or less steadily in Chamonix uh, in 97. Okay. So um, it's been yeah. a quite a it's while. It's been, yeah, 25 years. Yeah. And I bought a house here in 2008. Okay. Where I, where I live with my uh, two kids. Yeah. But it's a fact that you are one of the most active persons that I personally follow on Instagram. I can see you when you are skiing, you are riding your mountain bike, you are now also paragliding, you are climbing, you are mountaineering. You do all these exciting stuff here in Chamonix. And that's why we want to ask you these guide questions today what to do and not to do when you're here in the valley for the first time. I think this is a great place to try a little bit of everything yeah. and get to know what, what is really pleasant or where you feel comfortable or uh, sports where you would like to progress, mm -hmm. for example, uh, because everything is there. 
if you are an outdoor en enthusiast and also for learning or being accompanied mm -hmm. uh, correctly it's quite uh, easy uh, of course it takes a little bit of organization in advance if uh, if you if you come here in a crowded season yeah. because everything is also full booked when should she but, come um if we talk about summer yeah. activities first yeah. uh, of course july and august are terribly crowded so if uh, there's a possibility to come rather in uh, June, af maybe like after the the second half of June, mm -hmm. when the lifts are all open already, or then maybe it's just a little bit later in the in the autumn. In September. In, in September is uh, is very nice too, except that most of the lifts uh, close after the mid September. Okay. So, so there's always this little limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we can do plenty of stuff also without the lifts, but... Uh, and the Aegu de Midi lift is, uh, is open almost all year round. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the other resorts that uh, close. But June and uh, uh, September? But June, yeah, June, end, of, end of June and beginning of September, they are totally, uh, mm -hmm. totally fine and very, and very nice. And then also in October, during the October holidays, yeah. there's, uh, it's, it's more quiet, but then weather-wise it's more unpredictable also mm. but um, yeah, yeah everything hiking and climbing and everything that happens on the mountains it's so accessible that it's a great place to discover mm. if you start progress. with one one hike where should you go the first day you come here for a hike to explore Chamonix probably the best views are on what we call the Balcon Sud yeah or the Balcon Nord Yes. So those are like high traverse uh, trails, hiking trails. You take the lifts, lifts first. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also walk from the from the valley bottom, but if you need fit. to be already uh, quite fit, exactly, because <laughs> that adds like a thousand thousand <laughs> yes. meters thousand vertical, vertical. <laughs> or even a little bit more. Um, but you can take the lift, and then you have this yeah awesome uh, traverse trail with views that are just uh, breathtaking. Uh, so from the south side, uh, of course, you have like a wider view mm. to the to the Mont, to the Mont Blanc side. Yeah. And then if you do the Balcon Nord, uh, if you walk from in direction from Montavert to the Plan d'Aiguille, then you are facing the Mont Blanc all the time, and you are kind of closer to the to the rocky uh, pointy peaks mm. above Chamonix, and it's a very impressive environment mm. and if you want to try climbing or maybe a via ferrata or something like that is that possible yeah climb, climbing is very accessible on the south side on the aiguille rouge side mm -hmm. and there is this uh, new via ferrata since uh, five or six years i think that it was equipped from Flegere. Yes. And um, we tried it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and it, I've done it several times with uh, the kids with friends it. and kids and, and the view. Amazing. And the view is just amazing when you are traversing the the hanging uh, hanging uh, bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cable bridge. Perfectly. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it is it is a great experience. So much fun. And and for easy rock climbing, uh, all the there's plenty of routes, uh, multi pitch uh, routes on the Aiguille Rouge mm -hmm. side. So on the sunny side. Also easy and pitches as well. Easy, yeah, yeah, with the very variable. Um, difficulties so mm. there's something for everyone and they are equipped so yeah. you don't need all the trad 
gear like complicated no you have gear. the bolts or yeah them. yeah it's all bolted yeah. so and and it's well quite well bolted yeah, most yeah. of them so it's quite safe and if you are a mountain bike enthusiast where should um, you go when you come here for the first time mountain biking is really good in les Souches, mm -hmm. so in the beginning of the valley uh, just to avoid after rainy days because it gets really muddy. Uh, it's the really nice trails and there's really easy access also if you want to pedal or push just 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you can get uh, to access other other trails that are not uh, prepared for mountain biking, but that are perfectly bikeable, bikeable and uh, with great views. Just some of the trails are forbidden in July and August to know. Okay. Because... There's of too the many hikers. hikers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes it. So uh, then you have to come in September to yeah to ride them yeah. with your mountain or in, bike in June. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've seen so many electrical mountain bikes now. Mm. It's a big thing in Chamonix. Yes, yes, I think everywhere it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's starting to be a big thing uh, yeah, yeah. worldwide. Uh, yes, yeah. but it gives access for for people like different. You don't need to be so fit or uh, um, and you can go for a quick fast tour. Mm -hmm in a high rate heart rate mm -hmm. and it's uh it makes the mountain biking more accessible i think i don't have an electric bike yet but maybe one day let's see maybe when you grow older or maybe when i <laughs> when i when i grow older yeah let's see a lot of us think like that <laughs> yeah yeah just yeah. wait a little bit before yeah, we get the battery yeah. but i've seen also that if you want to experience paragliding that you are not so good at you can do that with a pilot here uh, yeah, you can go for a tandem flight, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a great thing to do here um, because of the views. They have the bird's eye view yeah. from the sky. It makes you look quite differently, actually, to the mountains. And you really understand the distances and, uh, and the different heights and the verticality. Yeah. So um, it's something yeah, great to, to try. Same thing in July and August, we can only fly on the Aiguille Rouge side, or okay. the Mont Blanc range, range is forbidden, uh, unfortunately. We think it's very unfair, but maybe <laughs> maybe it will change one day. Because of but the because of, because, no, because of the rescue. Oh, the rescue yeah, missions. Yeah, the heli, yeah, the, the heli team, uh, yeah. they don't want to have para paragliders to deal with, but it, it isn't really a problem even talking to the heli pilots and mm. rescue guys they don't think it's that it's really justified so maybe it will change now you sound like a real but, paraglider yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's it's a shame to not to be able to uh, yeah. to use that way of uh, descending from of the mountains of course when um, you have the opportunity. but uh, but same thing if you come here in june or in september then uh, if you want to really have the birds Birds eye experience. You need to fly from Aiguille de Midi. Mm. Uh, from you can take off on the south side or on the north side, depending mm. on the the wind conditions, mm -hmm. and that's something that you will never forget. <laughs> oh, an experience. Yeah, for doing the Vallée Blanche, uh, looking from the sky, it's uh, it's awesome. And you can do that with a tandem. Oh yeah, yeah. of course, of course, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We mm. have to try that. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. What uh, would you suggest? this uh, beginner to do when it comes to maybe hiring a guide or some expert to try one of the most more difficult routes climbing or maybe difficult routes on their mountain biking Would for climbing uh, well the Brevon mm -hmm. um, face south face has really nice 
long and steep, uh, almost vertical routes mm -hmm. uh, with the view at the back when you <laughs> when you're belaying you can you, you're just uh, standing uh, like in front of the Mont Blanc so yeah. that is uh, that is great and then uh, another great experience is to go on the south face of Aigu de Midi on that uh, orange uh, perfect uh, granite and you can do that with a guide you can of course yeah you can yeah. do that with a guide so it's a uh, it's kind of a complete uh, experience because you need to walk down the the snow ridge mm -hmm. with crampons and ice axes and and uh, walk on the glacier to get to the to the base mm -hmm. of the climbs and then you change into your climbing shoes and uh, and climb and you can either either um, do just one or two, um, one big or two small abseils and uh, stand straight back to the terrace of Aigu de Midi, or you can abseil down the route and walk uh, back up. But wow. normally, normally we we abseil directly to the terrace. Mm. I remember some years ago I uh, hired a guide and he took us on the Cosmic Ridge. Yep, yeah, that's another and really was, classic, really nice one. Yeah, it was really uh, nervous when I stepped out of the Aigu de Midi top station and yeah, out on to the that ridge. ridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive because it's very steep is very and thin. Steep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's now now it's melting so fast. Okay. It is uh we can really see the climate change just on the ridge. Okay. The conditions comp like today compared to one month ago, uh, it has probably mel melted 5 meters in uh, in height. Mm. It's uh, That's bad. it's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but that you... uh, Arrête de Cosmique, that's one of the that's a that's a really classic uh, alpine easy alpine route to access to the alpine world, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's crowded also, but it's always worth of doing it. Mm. I go there almost every year. I take someone uh, the experience. And, and for you, and the ridge always... down from Agildumadi is not that scary any longer. No, it's not scary. No. <laughs> you know how to walk down that ridge. Yeah, yeah, we do it so yeah. often. Yeah, winter, summer, all the yeah, yeah, all the time. Well, in winter time they put ropes up mm -hmm. for the skiers, so it's way it's way, it's way easier in winter. Yeah, and less scary because as soon as you have uh, ropes on both sides, big thick ropes, <laughs> it makes it you you feel like you can't fall off. Yeah, but yeah. in summer it it is uh, it's it, a good beginning to alpinism. Yeah. <laughs> made me feel a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can remember. Yeah. But if yeah. we go to the winter season, what are the main attractions you would go when skiing or snowboarding for the first time in Chamonix? Well, of course, the Valle Blanche. Mm. That is something unique that the, only yeah. this valley can can offer. And then you go to Aiguille de Midi first. Yeah, so you go up to Aiguille de Midi, you walk down that famous uh, ridge, <laughs> yeah. but it's easier in winter, yeah, with the ropes uh, up. Um, and then you have uh, different options for mm -hmm. skiing uh, according to the difficulty and the conditions. So the the, the classic Vallée Blanche, it's just uh, it's never steep, it's never really difficult. In of course, if if the snow conditions are, are good, mm -hmm. but just talking about the terrain. But you still need to be able to handle glacier yeah. environment. So if you don't, if you're if you don't know, if you're not experienced or you don't have the gear, then you definitely need to go with the guide yeah. uh, to make it safe. Because uh, even uh, even uh, easy looking terrain can still still very dangerous on the glacier. Mm. 
And if ever bad weather comes in or you need to navigate or something happens, mm. um, you need to be prepared yeah. and you need some gear. Um, but it's a, it's a great experience. So, so you have the classic route, which is never really steep or technical. And then um, more to the left, uh, what we call the Grand Anvers. Mm -hmm. um, that, um, the Grand Anvers offers some like steeper sections and, uh, and you, need, you need to have a good level of uh, skiing. Mm. Uh, to be to be secure all the time, but when it's a, but it's a, it's a great experience. And in, when in, when it's uh, really snowy, yeah. you can ski all the way uh, down to Chamonix. Okay. Uh, so you can walk up to uh, to Motte without going to the Montaver uh, train station, mm -hmm. and from you know, from Motte you need to walk up a little bit, carry your skis, and then you can ski down again all the the north side. Yeah. North side of the valley and all the way to Chamonix. Mm. So that's uh, it's a it's a long. Long, long, long way to go. Yeah, that's really nice. And then when there's not enough snow uh, on a lower level, mm -hmm. then you take the little lift uh, back to Montaver and the train down. Okay. Which is nice also. And if you are a beginner, is there anything to ski here? Uh, <laughs> in Chamonix? Or yes, should you no, be... No, no, no. You can, anyone can learn to ski in Chamonix. Yeah. Um, it's possible. It's possible, yeah, of course. Well, the easiest places are in Les Souches and in Le Tour, mm -hmm. but also at the very bottom uh, bottom level of the valley, there are some beginners uh, really flat okay. uh, slopes and easy lifts uh, to learn. So you can come here as a beginner or yeah. you can come here yeah. with your kids as a family? Yeah, yeah. Well, all the local kids, they learn to ski here, <laughs> yeah, so, so it is possible. But they yeah. all seems all seem like they are experts. <laughs> <laughs> they become experts really fast, but uh, they need to start somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, but well, if the only thing that I would say about Chamonix for skiing, if you are a, a perfect uh, pist mm -hmm. uh, groomer and pist lover, then it is definitely not the best place to come to. No. Yeah, because the pist are, are they are quickly quite steep, they are quite narrow, mm. they are not always perfectly groomed. Um, so for that it's better to go to the Italian side or to big Swiss resorts or to uh, Val d'Isère or yeah. Uh, yeah, other. Chamonix is more about the off-piste than the backcountry. It's, it's way more interesting for, mm. for off-piste skiing and, uh, and why, the views. That's why you live here. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> I really don't like piss skiing. I'm scared of people, actually. So You're scared <laughs> of people. <laughs> but if you want to come here in, in wintertime, when is the best month or months mm. to have your ski holiday here? I would say if you like winter and you're not afraid of a uh, little bit colder weather, I would say end of January mm -hmm. because there's less people. And um, the powder conditions often happen more in January. Yeah. And then you can also combine with uh, cross-country skiing or if you want to try ice climbing, uh, you have more options. Mm. Then in February during the, the winter holidays, it's really, really crowded. So okay. you lose a lot of time uh, queuing. The lift system is unfortunately quite old fashioned, yeah. still in Chamonix. Uh, it's getting better. They're changing and building, uh, making making the lifts more modern now, but not everywhere yet. So no. that so it often gets uh, easily gets crowded, mm. and you waste your time queuing. 
So stay away in, from in February. February. Yeah. And then, of course, springtime is nice and it's variable, variable in the number of people. Mm. Um, but then also the snow conditions get a little bit more um, unpredictable. Yeah. And for how so, late can you come here and have any hopes of skiing? Oh, until Easter at least, end of uh, end of Easter holidays, yeah. mid-April. Yeah. And then Equidemidi stays open uh, later so it's, uh, it's possible to ski up there but the uh, the other lifts they close after the easter holidays mm. any other secrets you would like to reveal for us here um when it comes to maybe eating or uh, place, places to go um well for restaurants i much prefer um uh, Manchi, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, Moma is a really nice modern restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite pizzeria is Joya because that's the only place where I can get gluten free pizza okay. because I don't eat gluten. Um, and they, they, have, they have great pizzas. Yeah. And otherwise, uh, for after, after ski or after climb or uh, a nice uh, drink. I, I like mu the Moo Bar, mm -hmm. the ambience in the Moo Bar. It's very Scandinavian, but very international. Yeah. And uh, very easy to to hang around and chat with people. And there's a lot of there's quite a lot of place mm. also. And uh, one place that I really like in summer it's the, um, the Maison des Artistes. Okay. Uh, and they have great concerts and uh, a nice park and it's it's a bit it's it's in the middle of a park so it's very it's calmer more calm than mm. in the in downtown in the center and uh, they have really some some cool music and concerts oh, so good are there any restaurants where you only meet locals you can only meet locals when it's uh, when we are out of season <laughs> yeah. i think that's the because otherwise all the places are Quite full. Yeah, with tourists and, yeah. and guests. Yeah, yeah. I don't go that much out like in July and August because it's it's too crowded. It's too crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's too hard to traverse the town. <laughs> I'm always on my bike, so so uh, it's it's hard to cycle through town when mm. it's uh, full of people. When you see into your binoculars or your glasses, what kind of future do you see for Chamonix in the near time and in the some? 20, 30 years ahead? I think nothing will significantly change uh, in the near future, but uh, definitely the, as the climate change is working its way on the mountains. It's present. Uh, it's, it's very present. I was uh, last weekend, so just five days ago, I was wanting to, to do a, a very classic rock climb up um, up at 3,500 meters mm -hmm. and uh, a month ago it was still doable and now so we arrived to the same place to do another climb just on but on the same same peak mm -hmm. and we couldn't reach the rock anymore oh. because the the glacier has been melting so much and the berry shrunt has uh, sunk down mm -hmm. and there's a big hole it's like if a meteorite uh, crashed and bombed the the ice. The Bergschund is the area between the glacier and the rock. Exactly where they meet, yeah. those two meet. So it's always a little bit of a, a dangerous and a sketchy uh, thing to handle. Mm -hmm. But 
there's always a way. Mm. But now we were just like standing there and couldn't, we couldn't believe the difference from, from a month ago. And we couldn't even reach the, the hand, the arms out to touch the rock. There was such a big hole. Mm. And it's too, too dangerous to try to, to try to jump over yeah. or, uh, or something. So, so there will be a big uh, adaptation necessary to the mountain practice. And even the rockfalls are occurring everywhere. Mm. So for alpinism and mountaineering, uh, it seems like uh, July and August become impossible months for most of the classic alpine routes. Like, I saw some like, really scary movies of the rockfalls in the Gautier. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, no, so now even so, this is the first time that it is officially forbidden. Of course, we can't really forbidden, but it's officially unrecommended by. Uh, the guide office. By the administ not not just the guide office, but the prefecture, which is like the administration of yeah. the department. They send out warnings for and recommend for people to not to go because it is too dangerous. Too dangerous on the Mont Blanc. Yeah, on that route. Yeah, yeah. On that yeah. Route. Like it looks like uh, July and August, we can only uh, try to pick up some really compact granite mm. rock climbing routes mm. uh, to avoid uh, rock falls and definitely like if you want to go somewhere and you see that there's already rock debris and uh, mm. stuff on at the bottom of uh, of the route mm. uh, that is definitely a no-go mm. uh, today and it, it has uh, it, it will become more and more serious problem and the tourism will have to adapt mm. to that this is because of the permafrost it's melting yes. high up yeah. in the mountains yeah. and the rocks they are getting looser and looser and yeah yeah the permafrost is like down. like a glue yeah. that keeps uh, everything together yeah. well Eguidemidi is a good example of that they have even artificially melted down the permafrost mm. and replaced it with cement oh. <laughs> so that it doesn't fall, it. so that it doesn't fall down mm. which is not very encouraging mm. So that was kind of a dark future. Yeah, for alpinism right now, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's not looking good, no. and a lot, lot of adaptation will be uh, mm. will be needed. Of course, maybe maybe the climate can change also in a in a different way. But mm. uh, for instance, for the last years, uh, like I've been here for twenty five years, and there's I think there are plenty of ski routes. That I will never be able to do again, okay. because there's the snow conditions are so mm. different, and snow is not sticking, or there's not enough of it. Mm. And uh, I think we just need to accept that there are stuff that we used to do, and we will never do again. Maybe we'll do different, yeah. different kind of um, activities uh, in different moments, but we definitely need to adapt. Mm. But then, of course, like hiking and biking and all of that, we will be able to do. Yeah. Um, but there's erosion also and mm. uh, floating. So, uh, so Scary I think cli climate will be something that will be more and more difficult to handle in places like, mm. uh, like this. Thanks, Mina, for telling us all these inside thoughts and tips and advice. We are approaching the end of this episode. And we would like to ask you some questions that we give every guest in our podcast. And we start with, what's your favorite Norma products right now? 
during summertime. Okay, my favorite, I think my favorite, favorite, favorite Norana product has disappeared from the collection. Oh no, yes. that's a pity. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk with and the that, administration. Exactly, I need, to, I need to get some old stock at least. <laughs> um, I think the product that I mostly wear in summer is the sleeveless uh, tech uh, thick uh, t-top okay and uh, and it's not there anymore um, don't tell but, anyone <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure it will be well replaced it will, um, it will. yeah um, now what I I think uh, in summertime what I mostly wear are the Norona tights mm -hmm. uh, and then I adapt the tops to them and I think my I was thinking about about it just before one product that I now always have with me mm. winter and summer is the new Trollwegen super light down jacket yeah it's perfect yeah because it is so warm it is so compactable mm -hmm. and it doesn't weight anything no. I always tell people that it's in levitation <laughs> so uh, I have no reason to not to take it no. and uh, and it's always handy mm. when you go out and it's security uh, as well. Yeah, exactly. So I always have it at the bottom of my backpack mm -hmm. or on me, but it's always with me. Mm. And that's definitely my uh, favorite all year round product. Good choice. And it's very comfortable. But here in Chamonix, like now in summer, it's pretty hot. So what kind of uh, wind protection do you use? Um, I use the, um, the, the Falketing Packlight. Yeah. Yeah. Because same thing, it doesn't take any space mm -hmm. in the backpack. Um, it's very light, but it's very, very protective yeah. and very comfortable to use. It's it's super simple and uh, efficient. Yeah, and you can climb with it, bike yeah. with it, yeah, ride with it with your bike if you want. Yeah, yeah I can do anything yeah. with it. And if you're not wearing tights, what kind of pants do you prefer? Um, I use a lot the a lot the Svalbard uh, cotton mm -hmm. pants. That's really comfy. Yeah, and then um, the Svalbard uh, flex that is really robust mm. and uh, and comfortable. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I can put that pants uh, through anything. Yeah, and it doesn't it, it doesn't lasts. change. It lasts. It's yeah, really durable. yeah, and it's easy to wash. It dries off super mm. quickly. And what's your go-to products when it comes to winter use? Um, my totally favorite outfit is the Lofoten. Of course. Yeah, Gore-Tex. Uh, From top it, to bottom? Yeah, yeah. I use it, uh, I use it for ice climbing mm -hmm. and for skiing. Yeah. And I think I like it because I can use it for both. Uh, of course, for ice climbing, I need to tighten the bottom of the pants. To not to um, to not to mess up with my with the crampons yeah. because the crampons for ice climbing are really sharp. They are. So you can't uh, touch uh, any any fabric. No. Otherwise, they will make holes. But um, but I can yeah I, I've I've I just feel like I have grown into that mm. uh, outfit and it's I just like it. and I love the colors. Yeah, of course. And 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 same thing. It's so protective and a simple construction. And it has just um, everything I need, big pockets, uh, but in a very minimalistic uh, style. Mm. And that's what I like. Made for skiing and winter activities. Yeah, yeah, very robust and mm. uh, protective. And I'm always dry. Yeah. Because ice climbing, you're often climbing under 
uh, water, mm. water drips and drops, and uh, I know that I don't get wet. Mm. What's your favorite color then? Uh, well, last year I was I was using the orange. Yes. And uh, and it's it's really everyone loves that color. <laughs> so uh, so I, I I like colorful uh, colorful clothing. I think it looks good and it makes me happy. That's a good thing. Uh, what's uh, your best tricks and tips to create nature experiences in our everyday life? Like you, you have a profession, you're a dental surgeon. So how, how can you have a nature experience when you have a hard day of work? I think just by probably taking the time and stopping to look at the details of the nature. Mm -hmm. Everything is... Um, if we just take the time, even just the very common things that we see every day yeah. can become quite amazing. Uh, if we, yeah, it's all in the details of it's the all nature. In the details. And uh, nature always tends to repair and uh, make everything good. That's actually what I tell my patients too, yeah. that nature is well done. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and things, uh, if, if we, Take the time and give the time to the nature. Many things just uh, get repaired and arranged. Wow. And that's yeah, that's the amazing thing about. It's a good quote. <laughs> I should <laughs> Thank keep <you>. that. <laughs> Which international celebrity would you like to invite on your next hike or ride or climb? Maybe Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, he has always. Uh, I think he's an. Um, interesting and uh, impressive uh, person. What would you like in, to talk with him about? Uh, probably his uh, vision of uh, US. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An important country in yeah. the world. I'd probably ask him if he runs again. He should, maybe. <laughs> he should, yeah. <laughs> I could try to make him change his mind yeah. if he says no. <laughs> That's like a we, good I, idea. I, I think I need to, we need to prepare for a long day. Yeah, a long, a long, <laughs> a long day's day. Climb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of steps have you taken in your life to live a little more environmentally friendly? Um, I drive an electric car now. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I've since a year and a half. Well, yeah. actually, since uh, Volvo uh, came out with the um, first 100% electric car, yeah. the XC40. So, uh, so that's one, one big step that I took. Um, and then I try to be careful in my, um, in my everyday life mm -hmm. about water, about electricity, not, not consuming things that I don't need. And even, and quite a lot actually with the clothing. Mm. Uh, I try to, like for my regular everyday clothing, if you're not talking about sportswear. Um, I try to buy timeless pieces of clothing that I can use for a long time and yeah. rather quality mm. than quantity. Mm. That's a good and, thing. Uh, and that's also why I, I really like uh, Norona's philosophy and uh, the way of uh, their, their idea mm. of uh, how to make uh, sports wear and mm. gear 
trying to be as environmental friendly as possible mm. and doing having the repairing service mm. so that we can easily recycle uh, yeah. uh, important pieces of uh, of clothing what's your favorite soundtrack when you are driving your car or when you are skiing and having earplugs in your ears maybe mm. I don't use earplugs when I do when I do sports. Good, I, I like to listen to the well. nature. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I never. Yeah, but when I drive, I do listen to music. Okay. I think, what kind of music is I, that? I think one timeless, uh, timeless uh, uh, group uh, is uh, probably yeah. When I when I'm feeling a little bit when I, when I don't have too much energy, I listen to Who Made Who. Okay. It's a Danish uh, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I uh, met first time actually here in Chamonix and at the Unlimited Music Festival. Okay. And uh, and I really like their uh, their, their music. Yeah. Yeah, it gives me gives me a smile and it doesn't it doesn't wear off. It's no. it's always as as good. And I can sometimes I I listen to some of my favorite songs like maybe five or six times in a row when I'm alone. <laughs> That's allowed. You should do that. Yeah. Keep on doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say or add before we have to say goodbye? Any life motto or life philosophy? Enjoy life as long as you can, as much as long as, as and as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, taking advantage of every little moment and um, probably what annoys me the most sometimes with people is when people are whining for small things Don't and, do that. Uh, and yeah yeah it's uh, sometimes it's good to stop and think and just look around and appreciate what we have yeah because we we do have a lot around us also a good quote thank you thank you so much Mina Thank you for having me. We nice will chat. Uh, see you soon again in an episode, which is about something completely different, about an accident you had a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and how you fought your way back. So to every, every listener out there, tune in and listen to that episode as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Norona Podcast is published by the Norwegian outdoor company Norona Sport. Norona has been producing premium outdoor products since 1929. Check out our clothes, backpacks, tents, sleeping bags and skis on our website norona.com. There you will also find more inspiring stories about our rich history, the expeditions we have participated in, our ambassadors and our ambitions in sustainability. Thank you for listening to Nurana Podcast. We really appreciate it. And welcome to nature. <laughs>